I connect people with possibilities. Also, I often very proudly say that I'm the birth mother of Commune and Spoken Fest. When is the first time you felt free? When is the first time you felt scared? When is the first time you had a sense of achievement? It's only to create an atmosphere where people believe, oh, I do have stories. Because many people say, I don't have a story. What you need to do is you need to solve a deep problem for a community to exist. Right? If you're not solving that problem and you're just doing it for the sake of things, oh, let's build a community of girls and call it gang of girls. Fine. What are you doing for them? And you must know that communities are successful when power and control moves away from the center. I may start it, but slowly the consumer wants to take the empowerment. They want to do it. So when Asian Paints is supporting ST Plus Art, which is the agency which is building the Mumbai Urban Arts Festival or building street art, there's a very common thing. To, to build street art, to make street art, you need paint. Asian Paints is about paint, it's about color. It's about beautifying lives, about making things more beautiful. Here are people who are beautifying your city. There's an intersection. We will support it. They will support it long term. I've seen it already happening for a couple of years. When brands come to us, they have to come with a clear brief. And they have to allow for the creator or the platform of creativity to then adapt it. The Procter & Gamble in the US actually has a creative cell, but it is at least 10 miles away from their main office. And the reason was that the person who created it said, if they sit in the PNG office, our center of gravity is so strong that those poor guys will just get sucked into us. They will forget everything they know. Okay, what's something new happening to your life right now? I just acted in Meera Nair's uh, monsoon wedding in Qatar as uh, Lalit Varma, which was uh, Nasiruddin Shah's role on stage. Welcome to the next episode of Jagged with Jasravi. It is my 100th. If you want to hear conversations at the edge with thought leaders from the branding, marketing and the business world, subscribe to my channel. Conversations that ignite new ideas, ideas that have rough and sharp edges. Hello, Roshan. I am thrilled to have you on my show. Thank you, Jasravi. It's so nice and... Uh... Wonderful to make the connection, wonderful to uh, have you reach out. And also, I just love the insightful things that you've been asking. So I normally check saying, what is the podcast about, etc. And I just, I like the fact that these are uh, very focused conversations. And uh, the joy of them is that, you know, uh, you, you really don't, I, I don't find so many resources available in India where people talk about these things. So I was very, very excited to talk to you and Thank you. I, I I hope your century turns out to be a good one with me batting at the other end. Oh, 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 that's already decided. <laughs> <laughs> so by your saying yes. Yeah. So uh, Roshan, if I requested you to tweet your profile, what would you say? Uh, I, I'm really somebody who believes that uh, I connect people with possibilities. I'm a bit of a geek god. Uh, I'm geek because I'm really geeky about a lot of things. Uh, but also, I, I believe that some of the important other roles, which I would, because I'm in Twitter as a little bit, so I would have turned and said, you know, husband, friend, mentor, father. Um, I, these, are the, these are the things that I say. And also, I often very proudly say that I'm the birth mother of commune and spoken fest. Um, because these are two things that are very close to my heart currently. But really, I believe that connecting people, if I had to just write, Four words, I would say connecting people to possibilities. Wow. And and uh, what meaning this has taken in today's times? You know, I mean, it's everything that you have been doing across so many years has become even more meaningful now. Isn't that amazing? Uh, we will start with storytelling, uh, Roshan. Uh it's an art. We've been listening to stories since we, you know, our grandmothers were putting us to sleep. And you kind of, like I said, they were doing inception, you know, planting those values uh, in our soul. Absolutely. Now you have, you, you take this masterclass where you actually teach the principles so that there is a science to it. And also the hero's journey, which is Joseph uh, Campbell's famous um, uh, premise. 
what would you like to share about it? What is your experience uh, when you're teaching uh, people about this? Why is this uh, art so lost today? I genuinely believe that one of the biggest reasons for me becoming who I am today is that while I have, you know, transversed many mediums, I have adapted storytelling to each of them. Um, and what is important is, as you very rightly said, from, from the time we were children, we were given moral codes and values through stories. Um, you know, in the early days when there were paintings on the caves, there were nothing more than visual stories telling you, if you light a fire and you hang around together around the fire, maybe an animal will not eat you. If you go together and hunt, you know, it, it was just, it was again, codes that were being put in. Therefore, the thing that separates humanity from every other animal on this earth is the fact that we have conscience and we are able to tell each other these stories. So, so what we are able to do is actually connect with each other on a very human level. I mean, uh, that's what they say in Homo sapiens as well, that the whole idea, what is the difference? The differentiator is this ability to code and transmit stories and information generation to generation. In animals, it is almost something which is part of their limbic brain. It is part of your, it's just, it's part of their system. But in human beings, we keep coding new stories. So number one, we as human beings are already receptive and waiting and looking forward to stories, which is why the need for story. The need for business storytelling is a lot more because what's happened is that today's audience is constantly trying to look beyond just the simple value proposition of a brand, right? Oh, this detergent helps clean things. Fine, X number of detergents help clean things. But what is the story? If the story is Daag Achehe, literally translated a story which says, hey, it's all right to be dirty. Getting your hands dirty is a good thing. And then a whole set of stories was built around it. I saw the other day that I think it's become their first big you know, brand that has crossed, I think, some very big milestone, right? And, and uh, it is because of the unique storytelling. The product is good. Every product has an inherent goodness, mostly, uh, right? But the need to tell stories, the need for us to affiliate as tribes, the need for us to tell and say, you know what, I believe in this value system. All of this gets transmitted through stories. The reason I decided to do a course on storytelling for people is because everybody tells stories. You will be telling your children, your family, other people. I mean, our smallest stories are the excuses we make when we don't get to places on time or we wake up late and do etc. Right? All, all of these are, these, are, these are just basically very what, what I call small s. Right? They're not big stories. But we tell this. Are late you Oh, because you know, on the way this happened and then that happened and then that happened. Okay. You won't, you won't just say, I'm sorry, you've got a late. You, you'll make a story around it. Indians, I think, because of the rich heritage and mythology that we come from, we have so many years of stories coded. Look at our epics. Right? They are filled with stories. We transmit everything through those stories. And in business, if you use the principles of storytelling and find what are every story is trying to communicate a certain code of values, of personality, of attributes, of things that you do, characteristics, where they intersect with human beings is where your business purpose sort of lies. Right? When a Patagonia today has adopted being environment friendly, now X number of brands are talking of sustainability, but what Patagonia does? is that it adds a layer of storytelling, which is unique. And it actually even goes back and makes the story real. So I'm often asked the same, okay, we can tell a story. But I keep saying, listen, if you're really today's consumer wants to look at the story and then believe, will go and ratify is the story true. So I think this is the reason why there is such a deep need of stories, because as I said, it's the most basic way in which we communicate. Great brands do it really, really well. And many brands... When they can't tell their stories, uh, end up, you know, doing value offer, 30% off, 50% off. Oh, this is a never, this is a not. Yeah, we, we also respond to that. But if you want to build a deep connection, then you need storytelling. 
the hero's journey is one method there are multiple methods but i keep saying that if you really want to understand how the biggest stories in the world whether it is the lion king or whether it is lagan or whether it is bahubali or whether it is you know the matrix uh, you i mean i can keep giving you examples but all of these follow a similar code mm-hmm. now this code is for 3 hour or 2 hour narratives which are films and then i teach people how to take that same journey and compress it into a minute or compress it into a 3 minute story uh because at least the elements must be right so that's how i use the hero's journey and uh would you like to talk about these principles 813 824 1020 30 any one of these what is it it's very interesting so uh so so you know so so uh, 813 uh, 1824 was a is a is a exercise i do with people which is to see what happens is I, i'll tell you that i'll go sometimes to a big room filled with senior staff and you know what happens is you work 20 25 years now you got somebody coming and telling you about storytelling there's a little bit of cynicism in the room i often tell people saying go back to these ages when you were 8 years old when you were 13 years old when you were 18 and you were 24 the reason i give these is because at each of these there is a life event at 8 your cognitive learning you've got all the basic learning and you actually now become Uh, you know everything that you could imbibe you have imbibed this is a very child story and when i tell them eight i tell them you can go a year back or a year forward it's mm-hmm. not cast in stone 13 is really when your hormones kick in <laughs> right and therefore there's a new personality that develops in you that personality is a little more rebellious a little more experimental a little more you know wants to go out into the world so again there is some form of you know uh, story that happens there 18 is obviously when you go into college you know and when you go i mean sometimes when i'm in bombay i say 16 because here they go to junior college but when you've left school and you've gone to college again it's freedom again you explore again you will have some life event you're moving away from home if you're a hostler you're going and spending time and you're not being asked all the questions you asked before and 24 again i tell people saying listen if you got your first job at 15 then tell me about 15 but i i normally say that by the time you finished your graduation and maybe your post graduation uh then th- these are a couple of things if the audience is in fact uh, sometimes i may not give them these numbers instead i tell them saying okay tell me you know when is the first time you felt free when is the first time you felt scared when is the first time you had a sense of achievement it's only to create an atmosphere where people believe oh i do have stories because many people say i don't have a story to tell and i believe everyone has stories to tell 10 20 30 is actually a uh, slightly different so 10 20 30 is something that was said by guy kawasaki in one presentation i always remember it uh, right so he used to say 10 slides 20 minutes 30 point size <laughs> and the reason i say that is because you know what happens is most ceos most people we take the time we are given on stage as granted i have to speak for 45 minutes and everybody must listen but to me i often tell them being a performer since i was 4 years old and i got on stage when i was saying someone else's words the important thing is any performer looks on their time on stage as a god given opportunity to go and do their best very often i'll tell them saying that see when when, when i go on stage even today i've got something which i'm doing on tuesday i am already preparing in my head for i don't need to i am judging something but i know i will be called to speak for 10 minutes for me that is the god given opportunity to communicate with a thousand people and i want to leave them with something memorable right something that is surprising something that changes something that stays with them mm-hmm. um i often tell people saying if you finish speaking and there was a journalist sitting there what is the headline the next day that would be there and then suddenly some people say oh my god i didn't say anything important enough for it to be a headline i said then change it so you know so these are all exercises and methods that i use to really get people to understand storytelling uh, to understand how you can be crisp and still connect with people um i have seen, i'm sick of you know what they what they said death by powerpoint right i mean there's slide after slide and data after data and really frankly i mean you know pure data 
Hmm. I often I, I I use this example very often where I say that do you want to know about a 35 year old SECB living in a town X or do you want to know the story of Ramesh who works mm-hmm. you know in uh, Kirani ki dukan yeah. it, it humanizes we are human beings we must learn to humanize data as well so awesome so many uh, points that can lead to different segues but i love this 813 1824 it's like like just what you said you've done this uh, it's like an entire story in um, these four digits yeah. and even 10 20 30 so so that's how our brain functions you know we need a hook and then we can remember the whole story absolutely you know but but you need to be able to recall it Uh, now behavioral scientists have proven that data will not lead to a decision what you feel about the data is going to lead to a decision even as a practitioner you know not not just as a as a consumer and and maybe that is why this whole art of storytelling and and the science of it is emerging again i mean we need to appreciate our humanity uh, in today's times in the artificial intelligence times so so uh thank you for doing these uh, classes for because you've been doing this instinctively since you were four yeah but you know most other people don't really get that, that the human part of a brand and a story so no, you know and what's happening now is that with digital everybody feels that oh you know what will happen is that ai will serve up the right and i mean you know machine learning will tell you oh this person watched a discount ad so show them another discount ad now see i've had these debates on stage very often where somebody said you know if we can predict all the input then obviously we can then predict the output and whatever i said you know that will be the death of humanity <laughs> if the day you know everybody learned the english language at that in whichever point in time there was one shakespeare but there was a different e s eliot there was a different hemingway our brains possess you know will process things differently and then will create something there is a brilliant book called the fuzzy and the techy which i often and in today's day and age where everybody is getting so worried about ai and machines and oh they'll take it over um genuinely it is the need for that fuzzy logic it is the person who comes up with the 1 plus 1 is equal to 11 you know or 1 plus 1 could be equal to something completely different it can you know i mean that's what i'm saying that the power of imagination um somebody asked me about chat gpt the other day said what will happen i said he who gives the best creative input will get the most wonderful output don't if you write and say uh, write me a marketing plan mm-hmm. it will write you a marketing plan based on everything it knows but if you told it write me a marketing plan like a surf excel who told a story like why i want to tell a story of x so the inputs need, so for this so somebody said but you know if i know the inputs i said but these inputs are coming from knowing about stories knowing about what stories are work knowing currently what so i keep saying that you know you must now there is this big thing which i nowadays talk about saying is that you must be just there like there used to be a dream catcher right i mean if you remember there's this big thing that used to happen with red indians and i mean or whatever uh, their tribes about dream catchers um uh, and i keep saying that you need to be a culture catcher you need to understand today what is happening in culture what is the young if india 50% of india the statistic that everybody says you know is under the age of 30 what are their aspirations what are they looking for so see a good storyteller jab you know rajao ke darbar mein there used to be a person who was a you know vidushak uska kaam hota tha kahaniyan batana uska kaam tha to entertain everyone but he used to know the mood of the people right whether it is tenali raman or whether it was birbal or whether it was munna nasruddin who became legends at a particular time they all became legends because their stories were all based they were all stories you know they were they were lessons but they would know oh this is what's going to appeal this is what the king currently wants to hear this is what the so uh, you must before telling the story also have a very deep understanding of your audience for which i keep saying uh, there's a line which i use very very often which is saying be interested or be interesting but both are equally important being interested in your audience knowing what is their background where are they coming from what are they thinking all of these are equally important for a great storyteller 
which brands are you fan of uh, when it comes to uh, branded content uh, campaigns? Which brands do you think have really understood the power of storytelling and they're doing it the right way? Yeah, so I think Apple for the creative professional has always got it right. Always got it right. I think OnePlus started creating a great community behind them. Uh, really, if I was looking at a challenger brand, there was somebody like them who really did something unique. Uh, somewhere along the line, I think they've gone into more features, etc. But at one point, they were building a great tribe behind that. But I think Apple, even today, like Apple's last two campaigns that I saw, um, one of them was only about a phone falling. Mm. Right? Because everybody used to say, oh my God, it's not phone if it breaks, what will happen? But the entire campaign took that insight and said, oh, people are worried about phones breaking because they're so expensive. The entire campaign is about a child walk, taking the phone, going around the whole day, dropping it in water, falling on the ground, something going over it, blah, blah, all of that. But, you know, they converted that one pain point into an insight, into a story. Uh, they do it over and over again. I mean, you know, from the very first commercial, which was almost about the, you know, the hegemony of the big computer versus how the Mac is going to come out and change all that. Because it was classic you know, storytelling. Uh, so that's a brand I deeply admire. Red Bull does it very differently. Red Bull empowers creators to tell its story. It says, so Red Bull gives you wings. That means anything that gives you a thrill or an exhilaration. So they chose adventure sports. They chose people who do some adventures which are madness. You know, the Red Bull flood tag where people make their own planes and try to fly them and I mean, they, they they always do it on top of a cliff next to water and it goes and falls in the water. At the same time, they sponsor one of the world's best acrobatic teams, aerial acrobatic teams. So they're always on the edge of thrill. Mm. But what they do beautifully is they empower the creator to tell their story. What Go, GoPro has done, GoPro says, I'm a camera that can be used anywhere in an extreme. Again, they went after extreme sports. I mean, if you look at the handle for GoPro and what they do, it is absolutely unique. I do think that in the Indian context, uh, you know, for a period of time, uh, I think Asian pains, and everything they built post that. Fevicot. Uh, but a lot of these actually come from the house of Ogilvy. Because honestly, Ogilvy here has got some absolutely scintillating storytellers. Uh, there are there are two three other creative directors I I I'm very fond of their work because I've worked with them through the years or what uh, Aggie has done you know Agnello uh, Dias he's done some brilliant work and he did some work with us for Airtel during Formula One etc also I mean th there are there are so many brands but again brands that trust creators brands that give the power to uh, you know their 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 audiences are there. Uh, again, sorry, just because I remembered it, but I think recently there have been a couple of long format films, right? So first we got into this shorter, 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 shorter. And then what happens is suddenly we tell this three minute, five minute story. Uh, I think uh, there was a beautiful film that Facebook did about this girl in Punjab who keeps, you know, who opens her father's shop and gives milk and whatever. And, you know, halwai ki dukaan thi or whatever. It was just such brilliant storytelling. Um, and similarly, I think Google with one or two of its, you know, the hero, first they did that campaign about old friends meeting across the border, beautiful film. Then they did a follow-up to it. I, I think they also get it very smartly. And recently Spotify, I've seen, I've enjoyed some of their work so much. They have such great, uh, they do, they, they use humor very well because I know that their audience is young, uh, but they use it beautifully. Mm -hmm. So many brands. A storytelling expert. Uh, what clicked? What stories clicked? You know, uh, is is beautiful to know. Uh, and Roshan, you you've talked about communities uh, and passion points when you were talking uh, extreme sports, and you you mentioned Patagonia earlier. So so many marketers struggle with this, and, and actually there are a lot of segues. We will go back keep. Absolutely. Picking yeah. up threads. But if we talk about uh, communities, why it's so challenging to keep them engaged? Uh, and what is it that marketers are not getting right? And how successful communities can, can really benefit the brand in a big way? 
see the minute the minute web 2 started which is that two way communication started your consumer was a lot more empowered than before now the minute you put up something and a brand put it out consumer could call out your bullshit because a lot of i mean let's be very honest a lot of campaigns were suddenly just based on you know bada hai aisa hai whatever and consumers started moving away. in a conscious world where you in a second can do a product review in a second you can go and find out does it work does it not work in a second you can see is it made in the right factory etc the conscious consumer is on the rise as the conscious consumer is on the rise the conscious consumer wants ownership on their brand if dove is going out and talking of real beauty they want to know why you doing something for real beauty which is why when a fair and lovely sending changes its name or whatever people will call it out saying no you know your whitening is no longer and people brand should realize this brand should say are we relevant anymore and this big battle for relevance is something that a brand must fight now when you reach out to consumers your first fear is oh my god i'm giving power in the hands so see it's always been one way power right now you're giving power to the consumer you got to be prepared for a little bit of negative feedback you must be prepared so therefore brands are scared of building communities but if you build a community uh with strong guardrails first thing is should not try to control the community entirely that's the first mistake everybody says you know what i will choose the creator i will choose who will be part of this community and i tell brands i said you're absolutely wrong you have to build a platform for these people to come together then you have to build the guardrails which is this is right this is allowed this is not allowed bhai ye mera ghar hai isme ye allowed hai ya nahi the third thing you need to do is you need to solve a deep problem for a community to exist right if you're not solving that problem and you're just doing it for the sake of things oh let's build a community of girls and call it gang of girls fine what are you doing for them and you must know that communities are successful when power and control moves away from the center i may start it but slowly the consumer wants to take the empowerment they want to do it so at commune for example we run city chapters we run small communities of script writers poetry music etc i always sit with my team and i say just one thing i said you know are they taking charge how are you empowering them what are the codes of the community what is allowed what is not allowed how are you celebrating the heroines and heroes of the community these are some very powerful things that drive communities communities want ownership communities want a voice communities want some system of hierarchy over a period of time communities want codes these are things but what happens is and communities build are built between minimum of 12 to 24 months so when marketers reach out and say a community banate i'm like what is your long term vision will you support it for 3 years 5 years if in the 5th year the marketer changes will you let us take over the community because if you don't you have taken people in a journey and left them you know what we were said particularly beach majdhar mein chhod diye right so the problem in today's day and age is i find many marketers have a vision which is 3 years which is the time they believe they will spend in a brand in 3 years what can i achieve how can i prove i did something really well can i win some awards but community building is a long term uh, thing and this needs to come from top down when asian paints is supporting st plus art which is the agency which is building the mumbai urban arts festival or building street art there's a very common thing to to build street art to make street art you need paint asian paints is about paint it's about color it's about beautifying lives about making things more beautiful here are people who are beautifying your city there's a intersection we will support they will support it long term i've seen it already happening for a couple of years from the famous bachchan mural that happened in bombay to the gandhi mural that happened in another city to lodi colony in delhi to the sasoon docks in bombay you need to deeply invest now this happens because the head of the company has decided and is doing this for 5 years 6 years 7 years 
Red Bull has been doing this now for endless years. Spotify in 2019 built a podcasting community along with us. They have an entire division that's focused on it. Right? But you need to give the community more power, which is very difficult for brands to do. So it takes a brave brand to build a community. But once you build a great community, really there's no looking back because they become your advocates, they become your ambassadors, they are your free marketing channel. Yeah, yeah. It's something big that one is taking up if one is saying that I'm going to build a community. Absolutely. Its own uh, dynamics and its own challenges. Like you said, it, it, it will need its hierarchy. It will need its uh, its own culture. Perhaps it will uh, end up building. Absolutely. Which when I said code, I, that's what I meant. You know, like yeah. I mean, when we do a spoken word event, I was telling the team the other day, I said, first, how do you open the event? What is How does it happen? What kind of place does it happen? Because there was a new bunch of people I was talking to. Yeah. I said, at a commune event, you always tell people saying, don't clap. And everybody stops and you say, you snap. Because when people are listening to poetry and stories, you know, in between, you don't want to clap and stop the person. You just snap your fingers. Now, this is a code. This code is known to people who attend poetry and storytelling events. It's a very small thing. But when a new person walks in and they see people doing this, he feels, oh, this is the code. Right? There's an exercise we do where four people get to talk together. The reason is because most people who come to listen to stories and poetry, and most people who gather for events, deeply, we are aware, we are all very lonely people. The more digital we are, the more physically lonely we are becoming. And therefore, when people take the effort to come out, one of the rules of our community is you must bring, so we say, come as strangers, leave as friends. It's very important. These are the codes of a commune event. They must be followed. And the people who do it right, they should be rewarded. They should be, you know, uh, given the community manager award. They should be caught. So we are we're doing all of this because it's still new. Uh, but I do believe that, I mean, I passionately believe in communities and particularly in creator communities. So uh, yeah. it's become a bit of a life mission for me. Awesome. We'll come to commune again. And these examples are really making it very clear, I'm sure for my audiences, that uh, this whole, the rituals that you're building and what's to be done and what's not to be done, what are we becoming a stand for is becoming clear every time uh, the people who are participating, they're experiencing it. They're experiencing it. You're solving something, like you said, the loneliness or the, the tribe support that a creator needs and an expression and an audience who will get them and, you know, maybe the first uh, sounding board or, or con you know, enhancers. So so that's, that's a big service. So it's solving something. It's around a passion point and uh, it's getting managed uh, beautifully. So if... What so, it, so let's just talk about commune. So, what is your long term vision for commune, and uh, will it be a marketing channel uh, for something? So, so what I what I actually uh, hope to a large degree is that commune is actually an expression. Should I call it the culmination of my journey at some level? Because see, having been, I always say people started using this phrase creator economy two years, two and a half, three years back. Started as passion economy, gig economy, creator economy, right? Um, I have been, you know, almost, I, I was telling someone the other day, I said, before the word creator economy happened, I was a creator economy. Yeah. Because, you know, so when I mm. came from Lucknow, I remember my parents telling me, Beta, everything is great. What will you do next? I said, don't worry, I'll figure. And I found professional theater. And I became a part of it and we were paid. So while other people were studying, I was studying and doing theater and getting paid for it. Mm -hmm. And the creativity was getting me paid. Then I joined radio when I came out of MassCom. And again, I, I remember Mr. Vineet Jain at Times of India was very kind because I just went up to the guy and I said, listen, I need 10,000 rupees. No, no, but you're paying other people 5,000. I said, you can pay anyone anything. I know my work. I need this much money and I need it. And I even had a justification. I said, my rent is so much. My auto, my, my uh, fuel is this much. This is <laughs> And, you know, Vinijan came and said, why are you fighting with the boy? He's very good at what he does. Give him the money. Right. So, building an economy around my creativity personally is what I did all along. When I came <laughs> out to television, you know, two years later, I was doing television. I didn't know what a TV anchor should be paid. And nobody knew. Nobody knew. So, 
really on this journey, I have been creative and then discovered the economics of it. Today, uh, I think after I finished my film and after that, I wanted to, I, I just went back and started seeing a lot of, you know, when you finish something big creatively, you're very depleted. So I wanted to fill myself creatively. And wherever I went, I saw that there were creators, but nobody was helping creators be their best self. We have to, we have to help ourselves more often than not. And that's when I said that if there is a collaborative community of creators who help each other, who support each other, someone may not be a creator, but might love creativity enough to say, you know what, I will back it with money. Somebody may turn and say, I don't know how to write a play, but I know how to market it. Somebody may come and say, I have none of this, but I have a venue. So I really wanted to build a place where there could be great collaboration. Uh, and I, and I, I mean, I once defined it saying that creators need collaborators, they need capital, right? They need consumers slash audience. These are the three essential things that they require. Who can give this? So I said, commune is built to do this. Um, it just so happened at that point in time when I was reaching out to collaborators in 2017, most of them were still thinking this is a hobby. Our main kaam kuch hai, our side hustle. But really, your side hustle can be your profession. For me, from the very beginning, it was my profession. And so I felt that building a community and a support network is what we will do. Today, we were called the house of storytelling. Then we said we are about great art and great artists. We kept redefining ourselves. But I think in our last articulation, we said that we are there to make the creator be their best version. What we earn from that is trust and a deep understanding of culture. And this we can leverage for brands. This we can leverage for consumers. This can be used to build IPs. So when we got the trust of spoken word artists and storytellers and poets, we built Spoken Fest. And Spoken Fest today gets 15,000 people across two days in Bombay. It is amongst Asia's biggest, or I would say, in fact, among the world's biggest festivals of words. And brands come there to say, you know what, we find an extremely conscious, engaged consumer who is coming to tune in, not to tune out. You know, who's coming in to participate, you know, not to just consume. So we have a very participative audience. And I think that's what Commune has built. Keeping that same principle of getting the creator to be their best version, we organize workshops. Uh, and I mean, and I've also built a creator's hierarchy, like Maslow's hierarchy, where I say that, you know, for what is what is equivalent to Roti Kapla Makan for the creator? <laughs> okay, it is, what is Roti Kapla Makan? It is consuming creativity. It is finding a place which is safe. It is being, this is Roti Kapla Makan. Then you come to what is called friends and family, right? Which is the next layer. Friends and family is, I'm part of a community where there are other artists, there are helpful artists, there are artists who will be part. Then after that, you reach the next level, which says, where will I make my money from? We therefore support them and help them make money. Then comes the next level, which says, I want to work with peers. I want to work with people who are better than me. I want to do one level ahead. Because of the level of artists we work with, you could be sitting with a Gulzar Sahab or an Intiaz Ali or a Kossar Munir or, you know, hundreds of people. Yeah. But And right at the end comes self-actualization, self where you believe you are full. You know that this is when you get into the give back phase. I really believe that I'm largely in the give back phase. I just like giving back. I mean, you know, I, 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 my, my, one of my dear friends the other day said, you're a creative hermit. I said, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. I love the Maslow's for create, creators, for creative uh, people. And uh, I think it's such a broad concept. You know, some people are just living creatively. I mean, they, they don't realize that that itself is uh, being creative. So what are the um, takeaways for marketers uh, when they are collaborating with creators? Because everything was creativity. Like all the brands, uh, the ads that you talked about, it touched us because it surprised us. It came from nothing. And, and, you know, it connected with us. So that's the power of creativity and marketers are realizing more and more. But it's not always that they're equipped, you know, yeah. how to get the best out of a creator and very, how very to nurture that uh, relationship yeah. as well. So what would you say? Yeah. You know, so what happens is that nowadays in a world of so many platforms from YouTube to Instagram to 
Snapchat, TikTok, even globally, even today is very, very relevant. Josh, Moj, Spotify, etc., 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 Twitter. There have become creators in each of these mediums. There is a layer of creators. They are called the supernovas. Then after the supernovas come the macro creators. Then come the mind mini creators, right? Uh, now, there are all levels of creators. Nano, as you said, right? Now, what happens with this is brands are now saying, does it make sense to advertise on conventional channels? Because these people are the channels of today. You know, Zakir Khan, Usha Kapila, you know, Dolly Singh, uh, you know, Project Pakoli, you name all of these people, Bhuvan Bam, etc. etc. So many people that I know. Then there are platforms. There are platforms like TTT, you know, Terribly Tiny Tales, or uh, there is, you know, Yuba, there is Commune, there is One Digital, etc. etc. All of us, as I said, somewhere or the other. So either there are individual creators who are great mediums, or some of us are platforms who aggregate a bunch of these people. When brands come to us, they have to come with a clear brief. And they have to allow for the creator or the platform of creativity to then adapt it. The problem arises when you get a brief. I get so many briefs every day saying, can you please tweet the following or whatever, right? And I'm like, I'm not going to tweet that. I will tweet what I feel about that. Otherwise, my audience will find it inauthentic. Either you turn and say, hi, I'm playing an ad for you. Then it's different. But if you want ownership from the creator, you've got to come and meet halfway. You must be able to. So first thing I keep saying is, say, for example, you're doing this for an Alcobev brand. Is firstly the creator supportive of Alcobev? Do they think that, you know, okay, uh, it's fine. You know, so if you if you, if you you do uh, safe drinking in that sense or whatever, so level one. Level two, does the creator resonate with the idea behind the brand? Level three, does the creator's audience resonate? I mean, the funny thing that somebody had told me long back was saying that there was a very prominent uh, creator who was known for being really, you know, like, I mean, she was extremely sexy, if I may use the word or whatever. Um, and was known, you know, largely. And somebody said, you know, let's get her to advertise the pressure. Group. Now, you know, you what did the what did the influencer marketing agency say? You got the impressions, but you know, did you get any recall? Did you get any saliency? Did you get any? You don't get all these things. So, number one, I keep telling all my friends who run influencer agencies that you must have a creative department who can convert the brief into something that the creator likes, enjoys, resonates with. And similarly, the creators must understand there are X number of creators who are only using their channel to say, you know, uh, some of them don't even remove the quote. Some of them have made the mistakes of putting, you know, please tweet the following, you know, it's as stupid as that. I mean, how can you be so stupid? Uh, but then there are people who do it. The thing is that, so I'm saying come midway and in between, and I keep saying this, between brand, between creator, have somebody who has the creative sensibility to convert your brief into something that the creator enjoys. I work with Gulzar Sahab to get a song written for a brand. Hmm. Which the was brand, the brand? I, 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 it's a story, so that's why, you know. Uh, okay, okay. It, it, was, it was a banking brand. Um, and what happened was that uh, they obviously came and said, we've got so many branches, we do so many transactions, we do this, this, that. And Gulzar Sahab didn't, like, he almost turned to me, but I knew that it was very important. The brand wanted to meet him. After a cup of chai, I turned and said, Gulzar Sahab, even there, because of the use of the consumer, they have placed a brand, mm-hmm. uh, they are a branch, uh, like an ATM. And then secondly, you know, what happens is that they are, they didn't set up their branches only about how many, they said they will mandate to set up branches in as many cities so that they can be close to every Indian. Now, see, I'm saying what the brand is saying, but I'm saying it in a creative manner. Yeah. Though, minute me, 
एजेंसी Uh, I mean, the creative department would be able to do, but the other people. So, I'm what I'm going to come to is that if you had to define creativity, and if you had to inspire everyone to nurture their creativity for, because for me, it's your voice, it's your your original soul's perspective, and which you know, like dhul parti rahegi uske upar. Every day there'll be dust coming. and every day you have to make sure that that you can still hear it it, it it's not gone down to a whisper now that's a lot of work in in our urban living in our corporate world so how do you make sure that uh you yourself stay a bit of a creator now i was just thinking uh you know before i started what is going to be the theme um of uh, this episode you know i mean it's like the story in every dimension you know what what's really going on absolutely, how absolutely. how we are processing how we are relating everything so here is my question for you uh, if i've not already asked what would you say how should a marketer how should a regular person make sure they are also creators it's a very very good question i must say because you know very often i'm i, I but i'll tell you the best marketers are those who Uh, a, a friend of mine, uh, Anuradha Agarwal, who was with Vodafone earlier, and you know, with Marico and lots of brands, and you know, uh, she was in fact with Surf Excel in the very first avatar that I knew her. Uh, she once told me that Roshan sees sometimes a marketer's job is to get the best out of people and to hold them to a common cause. Right? Um, my need is to grow sales by X. now what happens also is in the in the widely broken advertising marketing fraternity everyone has either built the behemoth agency which says i do everything and frankly they don't or there are so many small boutique agencies that the marketer gets tired of briefing one then the second then the third then the fourth there is a loss of communication there is a big loss that happens marketers were able to get all their partners together into one room and i'm telling you it is the worst because everyone is looking at each other saying oh this guy will take my budget right and everybody is first there to kill the other person and i found it so many i'm like why why if it's a if it's a budget of uh, you know 10 crores it's enough for it to to go around but one agency wants all the 10 or that so what she told me said you know from very early i turned say guys the pr will do the pr the event people will do the event the so and so will do the above the line whatever the idea can come from any of you and we will give that idea a its due you know uh, deference in terms of you know just the recognition that the idea came from x that agency will be able to say this idea emerged from them and should be allowed that and in in my belief should be paid a creative fee the creative fee can go to anybody in the room who got the great idea this makes everyone collaborate par ye hota nahi number one the second thing that i believe that how can so first i was telling you how marketers can get the best out of their people 
how can marketers be creative? Two things. One is don't sit in your office and expect people to come and tell you things. Step up. We believe deeply at Commune that we, we create something called a cultural immersion for brands. What we do is we take them away from their office. For a day, a day and a half, we, if they want to do it in a hotel, so be it. We actually prefer doing it in places that are far more creative. But we take them to a different place and get them to engage with five or seven different creators. It requires a strong conductor. Uh, and, and I mean, at the risk of saying that I often do this myself, but I know a bunch of people. You know, I know what the brand wants. I'm half a marketer in my own head because I've spent 25 years listening to brands at events and I've done my MBA, you know, on the job. So I know what they're looking for. They don't want to know just about your childhood. Fine. They might want to know about the creator's childhood for two minutes, but then they want to turn and say, so how do you relate to the audience? What is it that you realize about them? So, you know, in the cultural immersion, we actually create these moments. Very often, brands should have someone who are culture curators, but those culture curators must be absolutely open. The minute the culture curator is an agency, which is like, I only do talk about, say, uh, gender, I will shift the conversation to gender. I only talk about, you know, uh, sports. I will shift. So you need somebody who, who celebrates all culture. So we come into this place with an extremely, uh, you know, unbiased view. I'm doing this for certain brands right now. And I'm telling you, they, there are brands who have come at the end of the day since I, you open our eyes to India. We don't know there is an India like this. So I'm saying, spend your time immersing yourself in culture. If you can't get an agency, go on one creative date a week. When I say that is you've got family, take your family for something creative and different. Take them to see something, take them to a festival, take them to see a play, you know, immerse yourself in that. If you can't do that, subscribe to three or four things which are there across India, globally, etc. to do this. Um, have in your inner circle one or two of these culture curators or whatever who can constantly keep bringing back. When Zarina Mehta had started the channel Bindas, the first person she recruited as an external person saying, you just come and sit in the office was Tanmay Bhatt. Tanmay was a student who she uh, and I went and we judged a contest at uh, if I remember Jaihind College and then at Xavier's and he won the best Mr. Personality at both places because he was just mad. But what Bindas needed was that youth madness. The problem was that when he sat in that office after two weeks, so yeah, people are only walking around and talking about PRP and this and that or whatever. So finally he came and sat in my office and we were we were making three shows in those times for Bindas, I remember. But you know, you you need creators to be in their creative environment. Procter and Gamble, I was reading a case study. The Procter and Gamble in the US actually has a creative cell, but it is at least 10 miles away from their main office. And the reason was that the person who created it said, if they sit in the PNG office, our center of gravity is so strong that those poor guys will just get sucked into us. They will forget everything they know. So do it outside, you know, to breathe and live creativity and culture. You need one of these things. Awesome. Awesome. And and now that's everything, right? Creativity is everything. With when, you, when you're talking of chat GPT, I mean, what is it that it cannot do? It cannot be creative beyond a point. I mean, it will give only the initial ideas that you'll say, okay, fine. These are the obvious ones. Let's get it out. <laughs> now, what can we do that will move people? So, so such brilliant ideas. Offline brand ex experiences, because events you've been a big champion of and and after pandemic, uh, you know, we, we, it's, we yeah. seem to have like, not dealt with with it at all, and we just forgotten it. But you know, we we went through uh, as a humanity uh, a, a black uh, swan event. So we, you know, and so so how is it going now uh, when it comes to offline experiences and events? Uh, when you talk about experiential and live, frankly, the pandemic, as you said, was of course a, a black swan event. But the other thing apart the, about the pandemic was the pandemic did a very important thing. It made us miss human connections deeply. It made us choose what we want to engage with. We decided what is priority. And most people actually turned and said priority is self. 
right? Now that self could be self and family, that self could be self and becoming better professionally, or it could be self and becoming better person. Whoever has understood these, right? At an ENY, a friend of mine, Ashish Fevani from uh, Ernst & Young, told me that his biggest learning from the pandemic was that young people were asking three things. You know, educate me, entertain me, make me visible. And I really deeply think that is so correct because that's what they wanted. So many of us did self-learning you know, courses. Do you know that sewing machines, well, highest sale of sewing machines happened during the pandemic because people wanted to learn craft. People started learning painting, Dalgona, coffee, everything was made. We did whatever we could within our microcosm, which was our home. The minute the pandemic ended, we turned and said, I need as human beings to go and feel another, the presence of another human being, right? We want that exchange of, and you know, when you're, when you're physically together, there is an exchange of hormones, pheromones, all of these happen, you know, smell, all of this are just activating yourself. Um, so smell, taste, sound, touch, uh, taste, all of these get activated in the presence of other people. Uh, and we started doing that. Younger audiences already believe that the world is so dystopic. Right. My son is 20. I tried to give him some gyan the other day. He said, boss, you all have screwed up this world enough. You know, so I started laughing. He said, let me at least have some fun. So, you know what has happened? Young people do not want to invest. They do not want to buy houses. They do not want to buy cars. They don't even, many of them are in fact deeply scared of relationships. But what they want is to live in the moment. They want to experience things. So the experience economy has been one of the biggest benefiters of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But the, the word of warning is, our biggest problem in India is, we cut, copy, paste immediately. We do not create original things. So if Sufi is working, then there'll be 30 Sufi conferences. If there is EDM, there'll be 30 EDM things. If now food is working, there'll be five food festivals. Because when you don't differentiate, you know, there are many of these people put up brave fronts and they don't get an audience. But I mean, why, why not just understand what the world really wants? Um, brands would do really well to invest in live experiences. Um, I, I believe live experiences will be at at least a 5x of what they were pre-pandemic. Um, an Arajit Singh concert, a DJ Snake, a little flea, a spoken fest, uh, you know, or a, a, a Mumbai Urban Arts Festival, a Kalagpura Festival in other cities, Rekta, Jaipur Lit Fest, uh, Mahindra Blues, uh, you name it. Down South, Echoes of the Earth, the Zero Festival in Meghale. People are so happy to go to things, but remember, invest in things that are differentiated, Invest in things that have a digital leg as well, because while they will come physically, you will get them digitally. And understand what their passion points are. You know, the days of build it and they will come are gone. Build what they dream of and they will come. But then you need to understand their dreams, which again takes me back to community income. Rapid fire. So you have to be really rapid, Roshan. Don't worry, I am. Mother's best advice. Uh, knowledge is power. Alternate profession could have been? Singing. What would you do on Mars for fun? Uh, chat up Elon Musk. A book you'd like to gift to all your friends? Uh, a book I'd like to give to all my friends is uh, The Artist's Way by oh. Julia Cameron. It's a book I deeply recommend to everyone. It's one oh, of my favorite books. Awesome. Mine too. It's there uh, on, by my pillow all the time. Okay, what's something new happening to your life right now? I just acted in Meera Nair's uh, monsoon wedding in Qatar as uh, Lalit Varma, which was uh, Nasiruddin Shah's role on stage. <laughs> what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Uh, do exactly what you did, but faster. <laughs> What's 
very original what's your favorite childhood memory i think actually my father taking me to all the sunday morning shows of movies english movies because they would show so often um i think our parents actually spent a lot of time with us and therefore this going to museums going to parks uh going to see uh, films uh, really i mean the quality time that my parents spent with me is something i always always look back to very long okay <laughs> oh sorry but i wanted to hear okay what is your greatest joy i would definitely say family is my greatest joy uh but my family is an extended family i really feel that you know it's not just but I mean, sometimes i get a lot of flag saying tumhare itne but mujhe mujhe bol sare aas paas ke bhi log badi family lagte hmm what's a lesson that took you a long time to learn everything kabhi kisi ko mukammal jahan nahi milta hmm there's always something that will wo nikal jayega to jaane do zaruri nahi what is one missed opportunity that you wish you could have a second chance at You know, honestly, I think I could have been a big singer if I wanted to. It's just that I wanted to do everything at that time. What's next? Uh, two more festivals with Commune and a fiction book that I want to make into a film. मेरे मन ये बताने तू किस ओर चला है तू क्या पाया नहीं तूने क्या ढूंढ रहा है तू जो है अन कही जो है अन सुनी वो बात क्या है बता मितवा कहे धड़कने तुझसे क्या मितवा ये खुद से तो ना तू छुपा क्लासिकलिंग्लासिकलिंग्लासिकलिंग्लासिकलिंग्लासिकलिंग्लासिकलिंग्लासिकलिंग्लासिकलिंग्लासिकलिंग्लासिकलिंग्लासिकलिंग
actually very amazing. It was a great conversation that seemed to branch into so many different places, but it kept coming back to its core. Uh, I don't know why you called it jagged because I thought jagged is about you know things that are going to be really tough and whatever. Or uh, but but it still sounds nice. I would have called it jaggery uh, because it was quite sweet. Um, and to everybody else who's there, uh, please uh, like, share, and subscribe. Uh, you know, jagged with Jasravi. I'm sure it will be an insightful journey for you. Awesome! Thank you so much. It, it my hundredth episode is is uh, what it is. You know. <laughs> Sharpest ideas always have a jagged edge. I'm sorry to be mean, but did you think the best ideas are going to be clean? No, you can come at me. You can test me because I've taken every idea and I've made it my bestie. I know it's difficult. I know it's dirty. I know it can get a little stressy, but like the best soccer player, the best ideas are a little messy.